Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Conversations. If you're new here, welcome. And if you're returning, welcome back. Super happy to have you here. Um, today's guest is Jackie Lentz, and she is an author and also a podcaster. Uh, but I mainly wanted to have her on because I'm so intrigued with the whole process of writing a book, of writing anything. So um, it's really an interesting story. Uh, conversation. But anyway, if you'd like to reach out to me, you can find me at conversations at gmail.com or I'm on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook under the Donversations podcast. So I'd love to hear from you. And um, if you'd like to leave me a review, I'd appreciate that too. Or give me some stars, preferably five. Okay. Anyway, here we go. Okay, so here we are with another episode of Donversations, and today I have Jackie Lentz. Um, Jackie has a podcast, and she also has written, well, you're on your second book, correct? Correct. Novel number two. Yeah. And thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Oh, yeah, it's great to have you here. Um, so your podcast is called Jackie Just Chatters. Yep, Jackie Just Chatters, which really sums it up that it's <laughs> it's really just about me talking with people or just me talking about whatever like every week it's a different topic and it's about people's stories that you know I just love hearing people's tales I think everybody's got a story yeah everybody has at least you know, one to three or more really good stories inside them. And I, I love hearing them. I love hearing that we all do. Oh, a hundred percent. And that's basically what my, my podcast is the similar, you know, it's just a, whoever wants to come on, let's just talk and see, see your, what your background is, where are you going? What are you doing? I just, people are fascinating. They really are. And that's what connected me when I read about yours. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's somebody who's who's similar to me. It's another storyteller. It's somebody else who understands the power of people's stories. And there's so many podcasts out there that, I mean, and they're great. They're great for motivation and doing all these things that, and, and it's wonderful when that's what you need. Like somebody right. who's going to help you expand your business or help you organize your mommy life and all that. But sometimes it's nice to have an escape from what's going on and just kind of fall into somebody else's life yeah. and hear a tale. And it doesn't have to be these celebrities, these big fans. I'm like, everyone, every single person has got an engaging story in them to share. Of course. Yeah, you're right. I love that. Um, and it is so true. People, I, I think people just like to eavesdrop <laughs> Me too. and they're just like, oh, let's see, you know, how the other half lives. Even if it's people that are living a quote unquote mediocre life, you know, just normal life. It's more, it always seems more interesting than your own. So I think people really love to just listen in on the conversations and see what other people are up to. I recently had an episode on my podcast where I was chatting with my best friend, Amy, who is also like one of my best travel companions. And we were discussing 
some of our favorite Mackinac Island episodes, which is this really popular tourist destination in Michigan. And she remembered this story about her and her mom when she was a little kid of riding a horse together that her dad put her in front of her mom and her mom used to love riding horses and she had forgotten all about it. And it was this, I've known her since college. We've been friends over 25 years. I've never heard this story. I'd never heard her talk in this kind of like, like romantic, nostalgic way before. Yeah. And she just got lost in the past. And it was this beautiful story. And I'm like, wow, you know, (laughs) I can still hear these amazing stories from people I know. I thought I knew all their stories. Nope. Nope. I'm still learning things about them. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. When that happens. Um, do you have any rituals or things you do before you get up, get ready for your podcast? Like, do you have, um, a superstitious mug that you always drink out of or anything that you have to do to prepare before you do a podcast? Oh my gosh. No, I don't. I feel like I need one now. (laughs) Like that's, that's a great idea. No, I just kind of do them and they vary because sometimes it's it's just me depending on what I'm doing and then other times I I have friends over for a chat and then you know occasionally it's an interview situation right. but it, it no because of it's always changing and then like lately I've been working on these murder mystery things and they've been such a totally different kind of style because it's been all narrative fiction yeah i listened to one of those it was really really yeah i listened to number five it was really good how in the world are you having time to do that when you're in the middle of writing a book like there's people that even have the idea of writing a book and they can't make it come to fruition and you've got one under your belt another one coming and you're also writing these little mini mysteries it was like a bolt of lightning of the muses. I've never written so hard, so fast in my life. So in an episode one of the first letter, I talk a little bit about how it came to be. Okay. And then I have the first letter and I was doing this book study with a friend of mine and it, it was about Agatha Christie and it kind of just left me wanting. And so I, I got some real Agatha Christie and then I just, I had this inspiration at night before going to bed. Cause isn't it when it happens, like you have these ideas before you go to bed or in the shower. Oh gosh. There's so much thinking that happens in the bathroom. I think it's just cause we're, we're not preoccupied with other things. You're just kind of, you're in the shower. You're just kind of standing there. <laughs> I think that's a good point. I think that maybe like that's is the least distraction of of outside material that so so I'm getting ready for bed and I'm thinking about murder and Agatha Christie. (laughs) I'm thinking about murder as you do. And one of the other things that I do is um starting during COVID, I got heavily into pen paling. I've always pen paled, but I, I got into this pen pal group. And I thought, oh my gosh, how much fun it would be to write a murder mystery to send to my pen pals one letter at a time. Oh, that's really cool. 
And yeah, yeah, it sounded awesome. The idea, that's why I had the idea that night. So I go to bed. The next morning I wake up, I still have the idea and I think it sounds fantastic. And I just sat down and I'm like, okay, I've got Agatha Christie on the brain. So it's got to take place in the 1950s and a small English village. Like I'm just feeling all of that cozy mystery vibes. Yeah. And I'm writing and writing and writing. And I got a ton of these letters done. I think I got like the first six letters done that day. Oh, yeah. I mean, the output was insane. Oh, I was. It was out of control. And then that night I was... I wanted my husband to, to read them. And he was kind of busy. I said, well, let me just read them to you. And so he was doing something and I was reading them to him. And so I started reading it out loud. And then I'm like, huh, reading out loud. You know, I only have this small group of friends that I pen pal to. If I put this on my podcast as a weekly letter, a whole bunch more people could enjoy this. Yeah, that's a great idea. And so then I'm like, oh, well, let me switch it to my podcast. So then I continued writing. I I pretty much wrote all 14 letters in three days. Jeez. I wrote at least 10,000 words in three days. I've never written that much in my entire life. I mean, the output was insane. I was just obsessed. I did nothing else. Wow. You were inspired. I was times a million. Yeah. I, I just, it took a hold of me and I was just, it was just flowing through my fingers and I'm just writing, writing, writing. And then I had to go back and edit, you know, that kind of thing, but like, I've got the base down and it was funny. Like when I killed her off, I still didn't know who killed her. Oh my gosh. Oh no. Like I had set up, like, I'm like, okay, these are all my suspects. I've got, I have given everyone a reason to kill her. I've given them means, motive, opportunity. And I'm like, okay, now that I've killed her off, I better figure out who the heck done it (laughs) and how they done it. And it was a mystery to you too. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, I can't believe it was. (laughs) So amazing. So if you listen through the first seven letters even I didn't know who done it at that point that's funny so if you listen to for the first seven and you like figure out who done it you were ahead of me that's awesome do you think that you're an old soul I think so I think so too that way just listening to your podcast and and uh the way that you romanticize stuff and it just seems very like nostalgic feeling Oh, I'm big into retro and vintage. I, I listen. My dad used to laugh, but this was his fault. Okay. My dad would pick on me because I would listen to Glenn Miller. And he's like, that's your grandma's music. Now he's picking on me for listening to Glenn Miller when I'm like in middle school. Oh my gosh. But this was his fault. We took a trip when I was in fourth grade and we went from Michigan all the way we drove out to Seattle. And we had this, what was called a trans van. It was, it was kind of like a tiny RV mm-hmm. and it had an eight track. 
And it only came with two eight tracks. Now, this was past eight track technology. Right. Um, but that's what it came with. So the two eight tracks were Willie Nelson and Glenn Miller. By the end of the trip, I hate Willie Nelson. <laughs> I cannot stand what I hear on the road again. I oh. want to cry. <laughs> Give What's a Glenn Miller song? Like, I know his name. I just can't think of a song. Um, Pennsylvania, six, five thousand. Oh, God, I don't know. Um, what that is. Let's see. I'll, I'll listen after. You have to. Yeah. yeah I'll check him out. It, well, it's, it's all swing music. You know, there's yeah. you'll listen to it and you'll be like, oh, oh, yeah, I know Glenn Miller. Yeah. You know, it's all music from the 40s. And and he died during World War II. And his plane went down and he went missing. And it was, you know, this whole big. Right. I remember scene. that. I remember hearing that about him. So, yeah. So by the end of the trip, I hated Willie Nelson. Couldn't stand him. But I fell in love with Glenn Miller. That's so funny. And then I, one of my early cassette tapes as a kid, I bought a Glenn Miller Greatest Hits tape. I've been listening to Glenn Miller since I've been in like fifth grade. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. <laughs> and it hasn't stopped. I still listen to swing music all the time. I love it. Yeah. And so I, yes, you're an old soul then. I am. I really am an old soul. <laughs> what um what's your favorite book? Or do you have one or two that you love? Oh, okay. Well, one of my favorite books is the Blue Castle by Ellen Montgomery. Now, most people don't know it, but they may get to know it soon. It just recently um, became into the public domain. Oh. And people always think of Ellen Montgomery for her Anne of Green Gables. And most of her work was written for kids. And sadly, the Blue Castle often gets put in with the children's literature. It shouldn't. It's her one adult novel. Huh. It was not written for children. It was a fiction novel. Interesting. And it is this, it's, it's an uplet. It's about this, the basics of it is there's this woman who, uh, she's a young woman. She has this very controlling family. And she gets a diagnosis that she has a heart condition and she's got a year to live. And she decides, okay, I'm going to live on my own terms for this one year. Oh, wow. Nothing left to lose. I'm going to do the things that I want to do how I want to do. And she tells no one. She does not tell anyone in her family about the condition. And she just starts doing things the way she wants to do them. And that's what the novel's about her living her life finally. Oh man. And stop living in fear. And it's this amazing, beautiful novel. And Ella Montgomery is a woman who really understands, like she writes so beautifully about nature. If you like nature, this whole cottage core movement. Oh my gosh. I mean, it's just beautiful, beautiful sceneries of just, it's, I can't even explain it. It's just gorgeous. Wow. I love reading it. Mm -hmm. And she talks so much about mindfulness, about being present 
enjoying the moment, being in the now. Stop worrying about the future. Stop thinking about every mistake you made in the past. Just be here now and enjoy it. And mindfulness didn't exist as a word back then, but that's what she was talking about. Yeah. How old is the book? It was written in the 20s, 1926, I believe. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's it's and it's a beautiful novel. And I have bought multiple copies and sent it to friends. Yeah, because that like you said, that message is all over now. Oh, but- absolutely. It resonates, I think, more now than it did back then. And it's this unknown, but now it's in the public domain and there's talk about turning it into a movie. Oh, it would be a fascinating movie. I'm really afraid of what they'll do to it because I have read this book like at least, I don't know, somewhere between 10 and 20 times. It's a quick read. It's not very long and it's so worth doing. And it's so I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it on the screen, but I'm also really nervous because You know, people get these books and they're like, well, this is a nice concept. And now I'm going to go off and do this crazy other things. And I, I think it's good the way that it is. I don't think it needs a lot of work, but that's my thought. And I don't have, you know, a hundred million dollars to make the movie. So (laughs) yeah, sometimes the, the books just are better. That it's just because you oh, use your imagination are. and you can create in your mind what you think the characters look like. And I, I prefer books over movies, but um, that's just how I've always been. Um, so for people that have writer's block that are trying to write, have you experienced a writer's block? I was really lucky. I didn't have too much writer's block, but I, I read things about kind of how to deal with them ahead of time. One thing I read that was really interesting that helped me. If you can't write, one of the problems is, is you probably don't know your characters well enough Mm. that you need to stop and investigate your characters more that you need to do a deep research with them and get to know them. Because if you know your characters well enough, they'll tell you what they're going to do in a situation. They'll tell you how they'll respond. Hmm. And that that did help. And for me, I kind of had a system. I called it my breadcrumb system. And it really helped me going. That every time I wrote, so I would sit down and I would write. And when I was done, I often had ideas of like, okay, this is kind of where I want to go next. I'm, I've, I've written out, I'm done for today. And I have some ideas. And so I would insert them where I thought they would go. And I would highlight them in red. And I called them my breadcrumbs because they would help me find my way back. Like Hansel and Gretel and the breadcrumbs. And then the next time I would come and sit down, I would look through all my breadcrumbs. On my first novel, I would write usually three chapters at one time. That's a lot. I would be working on like chapter six, seven, and eight at the same time. And I would have breadcrumbs in six, seven, and eight. And then I would sit down and I would look at all my breadcrumbs and I'm like, okay, which one's speaking to me? Which, which scene do I want to write? And then I would go and write that one. And then I'd write a scene. And sometimes that would be like, oh, 
oh, that really inspired me. I need to do some front loading in chapter six or seven that really will work towards what happened in chapter eight that I just wrote. And then I'd leave myself a little breadcrumb. And then the next day I might go back and do that front loading scene. Oh, wow. That's really interesting. It's I, I could see why that approach would help. It did. And then if the breadcrumbs weren't working, what I would do is I would edit. I would just go back to the beginning of the book. I would read my stuff and I would start editing. And oftentimes through the editing, I would get like, Ooh, Ooh, I have this idea. I got to write this down. And it would either give me breadcrumbs or I'd just start writing right then either add it to previous stuff or I'd go to where I was and start writing. And I had one day that no breadcrumbs worked. I went and I started editing and I got some editing done, but nothing happened. And after, I don't know, like an hour of working, I'm like, okay, nothing's happening today. Nothing's going on. Fine. I'm walking away. At least I got some editing done. I'll come back tomorrow and we'll see what happens. And I was a little nervous, but I'm like, okay, this is your first time. Nothing happened. You know, let's not yeah. freak out. Well, you got to take that pressure off yourself too. Cause I think anytime you put pressure on yourself, your mind like shuts down or something. <laughs> oh like, yeah. Oh, there's no, so I much pressure. Think about, I don't even know how to do anything right now. My brain isn't working. Oh, there's constantly this voice in your head. Like you don't know what you're doing. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> If I listen to you, I'm not going to be able to write anything. I'm right. like, it's not going to be perfect. Of course, this is called the rough draft. It's yeah. going to be rough. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. It's just about getting it out and then you edit and polish. How much longer do you have on this second book? Oh, I'm only maybe a quarter done. Okay. But no, I'd say I'm at least a quarter. I think it's. It's actually flowing pretty fast. And this one's funny. Um, I have written actually in order. Oh, it's so weird. I, I started with chapter one. I finished chapter one. I went on to chapter two. I, I sat down and I was having so many ideas. And so I had, I wrote them all down. I wrote all my ideas down. And then I'm like, okay, I've, I've got to put this stuff in order. So I was like, okay, chapter one this is kind of what I want to put in chapter one, chapter two. This is what I want to put now. These notes, they're still like breadcrumbs. And when I say what I want to put in a chapter, that is between one and five sentences. That's okay. an outline for me. That's it. Wow. I, I like the chaos method. I need to have as little planned out as possible. It has got to come alive on the page as I'm writing it. Hmm. That's so interesting. Because if I planned it out all beforehand, I would be bored to tears and never manage it. Because that is my biggest struggle in life is being bored. I cannot handle boredom. Right. And there are so many times when I'm writing, I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that just happened. <laughs> I surprise myself. It's like I'm reading it as, as somebody else. Oh, that's funny. So do you think you'll keep your podcast up or do you think you're going to just keep writing books and drop the podcast after a while? I, I have no idea. I don't okay. care. That's so, that is so far away. I can't even think that far off. That... Who, who would you like to have on your podcast? Anybody dead or alive? Who would you pick? 
if I could have anybody at all, Koki Roberts. Oh my gosh, I haven't heard that name in forever. I worship Koki <laughs> Roberts. <laughs> so she random. <laughs> is for me, it's not random at all. I mean, yeah. that the journalist historian. I I first, of course, followed her when she was a journalist and you know, her growing up in a political family and her access to the comings and goings and her knowledge was amazing that I don't know if you knew that her father was house majority leader at the time of his death. No, I did not know that. And that he had a very dramatic death. He was campaigning in Alaska and the plane went down and disappeared. They've never found the plane. Oh my gosh. Yes. Yes. They searched for a while, but they, they never found it. It was, it was really horrific. And then her mother, Lindy Boggs took his seat and became one of the few women to serve in Congress. And Oh my gosh, her mother, I want to thank her in the universe because without her, we wouldn't have credit cards. We wouldn't be able to get loans, you and I, Don. Oh, my. Because in 1974, there was the Equal Credit Opportunity Act. Right. And she was part of the committee that was working on this bill. And it included things like everyone could get access to credit and you couldn't be refused based on color, religion, but there was nothing about sex or marital status. And no. she was a single woman. She was a widow. Right. And she understood the difficulties of trying to get access to credit because her husband was dead. And so she got into the meeting early, took all the copies of the bill. And changed them and added the words sex or marital status. Put them on everyone's copy. When the meeting started, she looked around to all of these men. And in her Louisiana Southern style, <laughs> like, oh, you gentlemen, that was just an oversight on your part. I know you meant to include the women. <laughs> well, Yay! what man... <laughs> was going to at that point admit right that he either didn't think to include the woman or didn't want to include the women and that is how women got equal access to credit that's an amazing story i had no idea yeah. i would include that in my economics class and i love the fact that in koki in one of her books she talked about how when they were signing for a mortgage for their house that you know how you sign a million pieces of paper yeah well, one of the pieces of paper you sign is from the equal credit opportunity act and it says that you are signing that you have not been you have not been discriminated against based because of race gender data all these things and the guy's like oh just sign this it's nothing it's not important and she's like wait a minute that's my mother's bill. That is very <laughs> important. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll yeah. never say that again. <laughs> yeah. What are the odds? 
Wow. That's an amazing story. Thank you for sharing that. And then that makes more sense why you would want to have her on. I just, I hadn't heard her name in so long. I was just like, whoa. Oh, and I've read like several of her books about women in history, which there's just not enough. We need more books about women in history and what they were doing. I mean, there's so many about the guys. We get it. Yeah. But you know what? Women existed too. Right. They were doing things. (laughs) We were here. That's right. Um, aren't you so excited to think that, you know, when you're long gone, that there'll be something tangible left for people to read that you wrote? Like, to me, that is a huge deal to write a book. A lot of people talk about it and they never do it. Or it's easy to just dream about it. But, like, that's pretty cool that you will have a legacy like that after you're long gone. I do think about it. I, like, it's hard to believe because it's it is this difficult thing and i'm not gonna lie it is hard yeah it is very difficult that i i read a statistic and they were saying like 87 percent of people interviewed say that oh they'd like to write a book and only three percent of people actually manage to write a novel and i get why it's really hard to make the time but even it not just the time it's getting over those negative voices in your head there's a voice in there like telling you like oh this is really hard you know you don't you're not good enough people won't like doing. it yes all of it there's so much negativity that will keep you it's often you that keeps yourself from doing it and that was one of the big things i had to get over was just like hey it's, it's just a rough draft. Just go do it. And I don't think I ever could have done it if I actually sat down to write a book. Mine was the accidental book. Hmm. That it was during COVID and I had, I got into pen paling, like I mentioned, and that was great. It was a wonderful creative outlet and I was loving it. And it made me realize how much I missed writing and playing with words And I used to write when I was younger. So I thought, okay, I'm going to start writing stories again. And I looked up writing prompts. And so I found a bunch of these writing prompts to inspire me. The plan was I was going to pick a writing prompt right that day for as much as I could get myself to write. And then the next day or a couple days later, I'd pick another prompt and start again. I was just trying to get into the habit of writing, being creative, playing with words, trying to be more descriptive, just all just getting into the habit of writing again because I hadn't done it in so long. Right. So I saw one of these prompts and boom, Bob came into my head. So I've got this man who's like 60 years old. He is stuck in his house. He is afraid of everything. He can't leave his house. And this is his world. Shocker that this happens during COVID, right? Right. (laughs) This is the guy who comes to my head. So I'm writing about Bob and I'm like, oh, this was kind of neat. This was fun. And then the next day I was supposed to move on to a new prompt. But instead, all of a sudden I see Ruth, his housekeeper, who younger than him and totally a grouch 
curmudgeonly. And this is his only human contact. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, that's funny. That's just too funny. So now I'm writing about Ruth. I'm like, okay, that was fun. That was cool. And now, okay, now I'm going to be done with them and I'll move on to the next prompt. But then the next time I sat down, I was like, oh, no, here's the hook. Bob is bored and he offers Ruth a chance to be his travel by proxy. Okay. That she will go and take these little holidays on his behalf, come back and report to him on what happened. That's and, clever. You know, hilarious antics are going to ensue because you have this kind of closed off angry woman right. who's now holidaying <laughs> for this man who can't leave his house oh that's really funny and then just the weird things that happen to them in the next year and you know both of them suffer from kind of mental illness in a way like they're both like she has struggled as i as i went out like she struggled with depression he's got his agoraphobia they both make a friend that helps transform. And that's what the book's about. Oh, that's so interesting. That's and awesome. It's, it's it's a heartwarming, uplifting story. Very and interesting. I, I, I kept coming back to it day after day. I'm like, okay, well, I'm like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just write this story until the story concludes. Like, and again, because I'm a chaos writer, I didn't know where it was going to end. Now, this is what's interesting. I'd never done chaos writing before. This was my first time doing it. I didn't even know that's what I was doing. Yeah, I've I never just, even heard that term before. I was just writing a story and I'm like, well, let's just see where this goes. And then I got to a point and I made myself a promise. I was going to finish the story no matter what, because I had a terrible habit back when I had written. I would start a story, but never finish it. And I never realized it was because I was bored. I would plan it out. And then the writing was boring to me. Okay. And, but this, I didn't know where it was going. It was always a surprise every time I sat down. That's really fun. And they constantly were delighting me and making me laugh and feel all these things. But I kept thinking it was just going to be a story and then maybe it was going to be a novella or whatever. And it was about halfway through, I realized, oh my gosh, this is going to be a book now. I'm writing a book. <laughs> how am I writing a book? I don't know how to write a book. And then I, I did because I, you know, as a former teacher, you do research. So now I'm searching online how to write a book that I'm halfway in the middle of writing. <laughs> Like I did everything backwards. Yeah. There's, there's no planning. And that's when I discovered chaos. And I'm like, oh, oh, this is a method. Okay. All right. Okay. I can do this. I just have to keep doing what I'm doing. Right. That's, that's your artistic version. Of right. Writing. That's so cool. And, and that's what I would tell people is like, there isn't one way. Like people will tell you what works for them mm -hmm. and take you know, take what works for you. And that's great. But if it doesn't work for you, don't do it. Yeah. I, I would go crazy. Like I would see students and we would talk about how we learn because we all learn different ways, but we often feel like we should learn a certain way. 
And I would see students and they'd be like, well, I make these note cards. And I'm like, well, you did really bad on the test. So the note cards aren't working for you. Right. Don't ever do note cards again. <laughs> they're like, what? Direction. <laughs> I'm like, note cards don't work for you. But, but that's what I know. I'm like, I know that's what you know and you feel comfortable with them, but they don't work. Quite frankly, they're sucking for you. Yeah. You need to find some. I have other things for you to try. There's mapping. There's talking to a mirror. I'm like, there's all different kinds of things. There's lots of techniques. You need to try them out. Right. Not just one try. way. Yeah. You're going to have to try different things to see what works for you. And not everything does. But we just get so used to like, well, I know this. So this has to like, no, if it's not working, dump it. Right. Use what works for you individually. But how often in life do all of us keep doing something that isn't working for us? You're right. A hundred percent. That doesn't meet our needs. We just keep doing it. Right. And it's terrible because it's like, well, you know, my sister you know, she's big into this kale diet thing and she's lost 10 pounds, but you can't stand the taste of kale. <laughs> it's not for so, you. <laughs> so it's not going to be for you. You're going to have to find something else. Yeah. Like just accept who you are and go from there. Right. And, and there was a lot of self-reflection. Like I've learned a lot about myself writing. Because it's made me have to stop and think about who I am and what works for me and what doesn't. Like I've learned my most productive time is in the morning. Like before we did this, I I went for a walk with my husband and then I sat down and I'm like, okay, I, I want to write. And I'm like, I've got time. It was like eight o'clock and I sat down and I, I wrote. And I wrote for like an hour and a half. And I, I looked at the time and I was like, oh, 10 o'clock. Okay. I've got for our interview that I, I just lost track of all time. That's great though. Doing something that you love. Right. And, and that's what it's like for me when it, it's, it's working. And you know, that's my best time is, is in the morning. Yeah. I, I bet go. you do really get to know yourself in the process of something so creative like that. That's awesome. What do you, where are you, where are you at besides you got your podcast? I have the podcast and you know, they can just Google Jackie just chatters and that's J A C Q U I. I spell it very weird. <laughs> and I'm on Facebook with my Jackie Lentz author page, which is spelled J A C Q U I L E N T S author. Okay. And you can find me there. Awesome. It's been so great talking to you. I just, it's amazing to me, the creative process and you make it sound effortless. I know you didn't do that intentionally, but it sounds like it's meant for you. So I'm so happy for you. Thank you. And I'm loving your podcast. And I think, you know, that's, that's your thing. You know, you ah. found your creative, like you may not think about it, but this is your creative outlet. Yeah, I just love it. I just love talking to people. So if that makes me creative, then okay. It <laughs> is. It. <laughs> this is your creative outlet. Yeah. Yeah, it's been great. Well, thank you so much again, and we'll be in touch. 
Thank you so much for having me. This has been a blast. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Yo. Yeah. Yeah.